Now it's time for the Rural News with Monique Steele, Tinakwe Monique. And Zespri is taking legal action against kiwi fruit growers in China. Yes, it wants to crack down on the illegal plantings of the sun gold variety and has filed a civil case against two defendants in China's intellectual property court. Zespri owns the rights to sun gold, or G3, and growers here pay hundreds of thousands of dollars per hectare to grow it. A grower took clippings to China and it's now believed there are more gold vines there than in New Zealand. In an update sent to growers this morning, Zespri's chief executive, Dan Matheson, said recent law changes in China have strengthened the intellectual property rights of the horticulture sector there. He says that's enabled action against those selling the fruit rather than just growing it. An industry advisory council delegation is planning to visit China in the coming months to better understand the situation from orchard to market. The case will commence in mid-September. The horticulture sector has heard it needs to collaborate, squeeze more value into products and partner with government to double its export value by 2035. Lane Jagger, chair of food and fibre think tank Tapuna Fakaronui, made the comments at the horticulture conference, which got underway in Christchurch this morning. Our reporter Sally Murphy is there and filed this report. Horticulture exports are worth just over $6 billion every year and the sector aims to double that in the next 12 years. Lane Jagger says that won't be an easy task as the main players such as apples, kiwifruit and wine have already scaled significantly in the last decade. But he says it's not about growing and exporting more fresh fruit and vegetables but pivoting into other spaces. When we go through and we look at what's happening in global markets what we can see is a growth in the commodity or the cost-conscious segment as communities around the world come under enormous pressure. But we can also see some growth in high-value segments. And these are important, um, so I'm going to call them out. So in health and wellness, in natural foods, in the climate-conscious consumer group, in those looking for ethical production, and in old people getting fat and sick, um, longevity seekers. So these are growth segments and there are opportunities for us to supply into these segments. Lane Jagger says in order to drive growth there needs to be better collaboration within the industry and with the government. But he also acknowledged it's a hard time for growers to think about improving export growth when they've had such a difficult few years. He says it's vital the industry sticks together and has a clear voice. There can be a bit of a tendency when we're under pressure as a sector to look at Hort New Zealand and to look at the levy and to throw rocks at Hort New Zealand. And it is true that Hort New Zealand can't deliver our future for us, but they can draw us together, create alignment and really importantly represent us to the government as a partner. Throwing rocks at Hort New Zealand or defunding Hort New Zealand is a rabbit hole that we do not have time for. Those attending the horticulture conference this morning also heard from vertical farming companies. They say weather events and increasing uncertainty around global food supply has seen the attitude towards vertical farming change, with more consumers supporting it. And the horticulture conference continues in Ototahi tomorrow. Meanwhile, an oversupply of beef in global markets continues to hit farm gate prices here. Prices have been falling since June when Australia and South America began exporting more beef, which has flooded the market. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowd says New Zealand beef is down $1.45 per kilogram compared to last June. Normally New Zealand's beef export values increases from May to June and that's just mostly due to that seasonal slowing 
in New Zealand's beef production, but um, this year is definitely bucking the trend. Beef export prices have been under pressure, and that's just due to that oversupply of beef in the market with Australia uh, and South America shipping large volumes of beef in June. Additionally, too, we've seen weaker demand from China, which is just adding to the situation. Uh, the average price for our top two largest volume markets, the US and China, both decreased by about 15 to 35 cents a kilo in June. So look, when those markets that are taking the bulk of our exports are under pressure, uh, that downside soon starts to add up. That's Mal Crowd. Fertiliser co-op Balance Agri-Nutrients has dropped its prices by up to $450 a tonne as global prices dive. Prices soared after the pandemic and the war in Ukraine as energy prices rose, demand for food increased and China held more of its fertiliser domestically. But those higher prices meant demand dropped and therefore so have prices. Balance Chief Executive Mark Wynn says they wanted to give shareholders certainty on price so they can buy in time for spring. The decreases vary, but you could use a, a number of somewhere around about $100 a tonne decrease as the average. And if we take pricing today and compare that to pricing the same time last year, our prices are down by about $450 a tonne compared to the same time last year. It's just, I guess, an illustration of how significantly the global market has moved and fertiliser is moving back towards pre-COVID long-run average. The company also just reported a net profit after tax for the 2023 financial year of $35 million. That's down on last year's $56 million profit after tax. Mr Wynn says global fertiliser prices dropping meant Balance had to write down the value of its inventory by $51 million. He says the company is expecting another tough year ahead. Farmers are feeling a lot of pressure with uh, on-farm inflation and both the meat schedule and the dairy payout uh, have continued to soften. So we we understand the squeeze that that puts on their, their free cash to invest in other parts of their farm, including the um, purchase of fertiliser. Mark Wynn says the smaller profits means balance won't be paying a rebate to shareholders this year. The green-lipped muscle industry is expecting to thrive after a successful supplement trial on exercise-happy kiwi blokes. A plant and food research study gave either 3 grams of muscle flesh powder or a placebo in capsule form once a day to healthy men aged between 21 and 45. Study lead Dr Dominic Lomiwes says after a month of taking a muscle powder product, the men reported faster muscle recovery after exercise induced damage and less soreness. After exercise, regardless of whether they supplemented with the placebo or the green shell muscle, muscle soreness also increased. So that, that typical um, delayed onset muscle soreness that you get after doing exercise that you're not accustomed to. Um, so they, they got that soreness. But what we found was that when they did supplement with their green shell muscle, the severity of muscle soreness and how fast that dissipated during the recovery time was less in the green shell muscle group compared to when they supplemented with a placebo. Dr Lomi West says he was pleasantly surprised with the result, as this is the first trial on humans using the green muscle powder. He says the result could open doors internationally for marketing and selling New Zealand's unique green-lipped muscle products.
they're able now to sort of show that the effect of green shell muscle powder, specifically this powder here, is able to support muscle recovery in untrained um, individuals. Um, so I guess that scientific backing to, to what they can communicate for the health benefits of green shell muscle. So that would be a big implication um, from this study, specifically with green shell muscle powder. That's Dr Lomiwes from Plant and Food Research. And that's the Rural News for today. Koyara te porongo o te taifenawa. Thank you very much, Monique Steele.